that is manifestation. It's either I know it's going to happen or it's not. And and knowing that without previous evidence is the process of manifestation. People aren't, you know, very good at understanding probability and we're not very good at at measuring how frequent these things actually work. The Rational View is a weekly series hosted by me, Dr. Alan Scott, providing a rational, evidence-based perspective on important societal issues. Produced by Soapbox Media. The world needs evidence-based public policy now more than ever. Making the right decisions should not be partisan politics. Please help spread the rational view by going to patron.podbean.com slash the rational view. Together, we can make a better future. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Rational View. I'm your host, Dr. Al Scott. Today, I want to tackle a topic you may have heard about in popular society these days. If you've ever listened to a motivational speaker uh, or a life coach, for example, they call it manifestation. What is it? What does it mean? And what does science have to say about it? To get to the bottom of this today, I'm interviewing my brother, Kevin Scott, personal coach and leader of the Effortless Alpha Men's Program. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And before we start, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you like what you're hearing, please press like on your podcast app. Please share it with your friends. And I'd love to hear from you on our Facebook group, The Rational View. So, Kevin, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I'm Al's brother. Uh, I uh, run, as he said, the Effortless Alphas. It's a men's group. Basically, my goal in life, my job, is to help men find more happiness in their lives. I've kind of just boiled it down to that over the last little while. That is what I truly desire to do because I think there's a lot of unhappy men in the world. We're trying to you know, fit into society's mold of what we're supposed to be instead of just being our own unique individuals. And it really takes a toll on on men uh, over a lifetime. Uh, my fiance Melanie works mostly just with women and I work mostly with just with men. And uh, that's that's me in a nutshell. Thank you. So today we're coming at you from a remote, uh, <laughs> a remote location. This is not the, the Rational View studio. It's a hotel room where we're watching the the World Curling Championships here in Ottawa this this week. So we're 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 on an outing. Uh, so coming to you live or taped from a remote location. And tonight or today we're talking about manifestation, Kevin. Yes. So this this seems this is something you brought up in, in discussion. We were we went to the casino. There was some some manifestation that happened there. This seems to be a key mantra of a lot of personal coaching that I've heard on social media. So could you give us your definition of what what is manifestation and what you see it as? Sure. Uh, in in the coaching world, in the self development world, manifestation is essentially uh, bringing an idea, bringing a desire to life in physical form. So if I want uh, to have a successful business and I eventually get that, that's me manifesting my successful business. Uh, and talking about uh, manifestation last night uh, at the casino, we were at the penny slots there and we were trying to manifest a win. But in the trying, that prevented the manifestation because the trying implicitly has a, a feeling of lack within it, like a need or a try, an attempt. As as Yoda said, do or not do, there is no try. Yoda was very wise. 
Uh, <laughs> and that, that, that is manifestation. It's either I know it's going to happen or it's not. And, and knowing that without previous evidence is the, the process of manifestation, is the law of attraction, is the, the, the secret, if you've seen the, the movie or, or bought the book. So we're sitting at these penny slots, uh, pulling the thing and pressing the buttons and trying to manifest. And I'm losing money and I'm losing money and I'm losing money. I said, all right, at $10, I'm, I'm leaving uh, this machine. We're going to go to another machine. Al, you choose a machine. So I've taken my sort of human thoughts, my my thoughts in the back of my head, which machine is going to be the best out of the equation. Al chooses the machine. I sit in one next to him. I, I just get this feeling about this little leprechaun guy on the machine there. No expectation whatsoever when I sit down at the machine. First press, I think I won six bucks or something like that. Uh, and then two presses later, I won another $4. So I've doubled my money in, in less than two minutes. And that's when, again, the expectation crept in. The thoughts started creeping in. Okay, how am I going to keep winning money? Is this machine going to keep paying out? Should, should I move to a different machine instead of just enjoying the process, not being up here at all, just, just being myself and putting out that, that energetic signature of I'm here to have fun, I'm here to win money. Later on, we go to a different machine and I'm feeling a pull. I'm feeling this like within my, my body, in my stomach, I feel this pull towards the machine to my left, even though I'm playing the one directly in front of me. And I ignore it. I feel it again a few seconds later, and I ignore it. About a minute later, I feel it again. I said to Al, I have a feeling about this machine. I'm just going to go, I'm going to move one machine down. So I cash out on this one. I put my little ticket in the next one. And what was it? Second, third press. Actually, I, I remember just going, which button should I press? And I was, I was going with that feeling again. And my middle finger was over this one button, and, and I just felt that one. I pressed it. The machine starts going crazy, and I win 100 bucks. <laughs> So I believe that that was more of a manifestation than uh, anything, any of the little tiny wins that we'd had before. That was quite quite a win and made for a fabulous evening. <laughs> sure. um, so I want to give kind of the skeptical uh, or scientific opinion on manifestation. So, so to get that, I wanted to understand what you thought manifestation was. Mm -hmm. How do you, why do you believe that manifestation works? What are, what are you? What is the evidence that comes to you? Do you have authority figures that tell you that this works, or is this something that you've come up with yourself? Like, well, why is this? Why is this something that works? Well, of course, being in self development, you have uh, all the quote unquote gurus saying manifestation, manifestation, manifestation. Um, but I, I, you know, coming from our background, I was also very skeptical early on about its possibility. But I, I just, I just have the evidence of my own life. Um, having a thought and a feeling back, you know, 10 years ago when we're essentially uh, broke and living paycheck to paycheck uh, and, and, you know, putting all the money into the self-development world and, and having this big goal, this big dream of, of doing something great in the world, of becoming wildly wealthy. And I remember my only goal that I constantly felt about, thought and felt about is, I just want to be able to go where I want, when I want, with no restriction. Go where I want, when I want, with no restriction. And at that time, I'm working for somebody else. I'm working for a company. And I have 
some control over where I go sometimes in a sort of a sales job, but that that feeling never left. And I never doubted for a second that it was going to happen. I had no idea how it was going to happen, but I never doubted that it was going to happen. And five years later, we can go where we want when we want with no restrictions at all. Uh, and, and I see this happening for people all over the place. And, you know, just in, in small things, I want to have an incredible experience uh, while we're on vacation. And, and it just turns out the, the, the right person with the right boat that just has a, an incredible experience for us. We go out there or, um, you know, the, the, the right hotel room pops up. All of a sudden it's just free because we want to go to this hotel and someone's canceled when we're looking to book. And it just happens like that because we have no expectation on how it's going to happen when it's going to happen it's just i desire this outcome and it's i know it's going to happen and then it does okay so let, let's look at the contrary here so okay. you you've you've pulled out some anecdotes um you have confidence in this as something that you're doing influencing your circumstances mm-hmm. have you tried ever to manifest something and failed? What, what's the success rate of manifestation? Yeah, but that's just it. As soon as I try to manifest things, it stops. As soon as we put our own doubts and fears and possible thoughts that it might not happen, it probably won't. Because we're constantly manifesting, constantly. Whether we're bringing in good things or bad things to our lives, we're constantly creating what's going on in our heads and in our emotions. I believe that it can be done, talked about scientifically, because our thoughts create brainwaves. Our hearts and our emotions create an electromagnetic field, which is 60 times stronger than brainwaves. So as I'm thinking something and I have a feeling that is positive, I I have a stronger magnetic frequency about me that's going to attract either the people, the places, the things that's going to bring what I'm thinking about to me. Now, if I'm thinking and feeling poorly about myself or thinking, you know, something bad's going to happen, more than likely, if it's in alignment with my thought and my feeling, this bad's going to happen. I feel like something bad's going to happen. There's a really good chance that bad thing is going to happen because my my electromagnetic field is attracting that thing to me. We're constantly manifesting. Okay, so here's maybe where I would differ with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about electromagnetic fields. And yes, mm-hmm. our bodies do have electromagnetic fields. Our heart is an electrically stimulated muscle. Um there are currents going through our neurons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of magnetic field in our bodies, but definitely some electrical uh, fields happening. And there's mm-hmm. dipoles, there's firing, there's neurons. All these things are happening. Mm-hmm. But you use these terms very loosely. Um, like magnetic, our magnetic fields don't attract people because people are not ferromagnetic. We don't, like we can be in huge magnetic fields and not even know it. You can put your body into a, an MRI machine and, and experience, you know, 
several Tesla, mm-hmm. whereas the you know the the magnetic field of the Earth is is much much smaller, orders of magnitude smaller. And we're always in these magnetic fields. The the body, any magnetic fields coming from the body or electrical fields from the body are dwarfed by environmental fields, like from say the wiring in our house mm-hmm. emitting sixty hertz electromagnetic. Uh, electrical and magnetic fields, these things are all around us. Our bodies are a very small fraction of this. So the the fact that you think that the fields being generated in our bodies are what's responsible for this, I think is maybe just a bit of a mischaracterization. I, now, okay. it seems to me like, yes, there are a lot of things here talking about you know the power of positive thinking and and the power of being in a good mindset and, and psychologically speaking sure i can understand that as leading to good results but i think people aren't you know very good at understanding probability and we're not very good at at measuring how frequent these things actually work and we have a nice handy excuse if they don't work is we're not trying the right way or our emotions aren't quite right um so I don't want to go in too much depth into that right now, but I just want to go into something and maybe expand on a discussion that we had earlier okay. about, uh, you were talking about uh, quantum mechanics and how, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were talking about electrons, how they can be in two places at the same time, or you, you have entanglement between very yes. far apart electrons so that they can interact at faster than the speed of light. When one is influenced, the other one immediately collapses. Yes. And that... I think you had, you had mentioned that this is something that is influenced by uh, the observer. From what I understand, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I was researching this on the web this from, from other uh, coaches, and they, they come up with the law of attraction. Yes. And this is obviously something you're, you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And from the website I read is it explains that if we change our electromagnetic magnetic field by changing our thoughts and emotions, then that will attract a new reality from the quantum field. The thought must match the feeling, and then we have to hold that state of being long enough for the manifestation to occur. And then they had a, a four-step okay. uh, approach to it. You must be very specific on what you want to manifest. You have to feel right now what you would feel if you already obtained that manifestation, joy, gratitude, love. Mm-hmm. Maintain a state of elevated emotions, and then wait for the manifestation to occur. Is that is that in line with your thinking? That is, uh, that's basically the law of attraction, and you can see how difficult it is and why most people never manifest what they desire. Because how do you maintain the state of elevated emotions on a day-to-day basis while you're living your life? Hmm. That does seem difficult, especially if nothing manifests. Right if nothing away. manifests right away, that's, again, and that's why... Our thoughts, it says the thoughts lead to the, the emotions lead to the uh, actions lead to results. So our thoughts change, like where's my manifestation? Why hasn't it come yet? Mm. And I take myself out of the emotional state instantly. So your reference to the observer effect in quantum mechanics mm. is interesting because a lot of scientists have actually gone down this path of thinking that consciousness impacts quantum mechanics. And yes. quantum mechanics you know, is the basis of, of all of our physics, really. Uh, it sounds like woo, but is there substance to it? Can changing our thoughts and emotions impact these things? We know that changing thoughts and emotions changes the, the state of our brains and can change the frequency of the electromagnetic signals in the brain, these tiny signals that mm-hmm. you need, you know, electrodes to pick out. Uh, the big assertion here that I think is missing is that putting your brain into a particular emotional state probably doesn't significantly impact quantum events, even if the observer um, 
interpretation of quantum mechanics is true. Um, so I've researched this a little bit, and there's been studies done to look at whether or not uh, observers can change random processes, can impact random processes by focusing on them mm -hmm. consciously. So, and you no, know, I think most of physics, you know, at one point, what, what we say is that a, a quantum mechanical object can exist as a superposition until it's observed. This is a statement that is often used in the popular media to mean that consciousness is somehow in, is somehow involved in this. But I think mm -hmm. most physicists would say an observation is just a measurement, and it pro and events progress the same whether it's an inanimate camera making that observation or an eyeball making that measurement. It's something that interrupts the free flow of the wave function and disturbs the interference effects that you might want to be seeing. So. You know, it's not an accepted postulate of quantum mechanics that conscious observers are necessary to collapse the wave function. However, you can go forward with this and test it, right? Assuming the conscious mind is somehow responsible for collapsing the wave function, then one must then assume that intentionally placing the brain into a particular emotional state, which is what you're saying, would then influence the outcome of random events toward those that have a similar emotional impact. On the subject, right? That that's kind that of that sounds scientifically like it. Yes. Yeah, and then you have to assume that enough quantum mechanical interactions can be affected to make a macroscopic change to the events surrounding the subject. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're not talking about increasing the tunneling probability of a single electron out of a box here. We're talking about influencing other people's decisions, like a Jedi master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost, because, I mean, if, if I'm feeling and thinking, if I have extraordinary conviction around something that I know is going to happen, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's going to affect the way that you think and feel about me and that probable outcome. And then it's going to affect the way you think and talk and feel and speak about me and that probable outcome to other people. So... Uh, if you know someone wants to manifest the, the you know the biggest dream of their life, and uh, they say that they're a self-made whatever, I don't really agree that anyone is self-made, because it takes hundreds, if not thousands, of people to to create success of any kind. So that, but it's that person's conviction that says, "I know I'm going to be successful in whatever that means for me." I know. I'm going to be it. So when they speak about it, when they talk about it, it actually affects other people in a different way as if they go, I believe or I hope someday I'm going to find success in life. Well, that's that doesn't change you at all. It has no effect on you whatsoever. There's no energy to my words, and I don't use energy in a scientific way there, but just, just there's no pizzazz to my words. But if I say I'm going to be the world's greatest uh, relationship coach for men. And I'm gonna, I, I speak about it and I, I, I dive into it and I, I work at it and I think about it and I, I maintain that positive attitude, that positive emotion around it. I know what's happening. People around me hear me speak about it. They speak about me to other people and that creates that eventual success. Mm. And... You know what? What I'm seeing, you know, I see 
a lot of positive emotional um, thinking bringing success to you. Mm -hmm. And I see this in a lot of places. And I think what we need to think about is there, there's a difference between the weak manifestation and the strong manifestation. So the weak manifestation in my mind is that the power of positive thinking creates positive results. And this is, I think, something that psychologically has been demonstrated in a lot of cases. Whereas okay. the strong one is that the power of uh, your mind somehow changes physics. It's... The power, and again, I don't believe it's just the thoughts because positive thinking does not create positive results. That's that's a, a meme that was created um, to make it easier for people to try and understand it. I guess I don't know why, because it's it's not just positive thinking because you can have a positive thought and, a, and an awful feeling. I I think that today is going to be a great day when inside I feel like that's a lie. So what's going to happen? probably not going to have a great day because I feel and I have an energy about me. I mm -hmm. change the energetic signature, the electromagnetic frequency around me. Again, I can't prove that. I just, I have a feeling that it has something to do with that. Um, so it changes the, the, the energy that I'm giving off. It changes the responses I get from people. It's not just positive thinking. No, I, and I believe that you're, you know, being able to change your emotional state definitely can be picked up by those around you. Like people are very good at reading emotional state. Mm -hmm. And so I think the cues that you give off when you, if you don't change your emotional state and, and, and try to think positively could be very uh, confusing and not conducive to the results that you're trying to find. Mm -hmm. But getting back to the physics of this, which okay. I want, also want to dig into. So random events that we experience are often expected to not be random at all from a physics standpoint, mm -hmm. and are actually just difficult to predict series of, of classical physical interactions, right? Quantum mechanics doesn't um, govern everything. Like quantum probabilities aren't at the basis of every decision we make necessarily, although some might disagree. Presumably, very few macroscopic events would be decided on quantum mechanical bases, and that's you know that's why Schrödinger went to such lengths to do the Schrödinger's cat experiment, mm -hmm. right? to put it in a box and to have its life and death uh, hinging on a single quantum mechanical event. I think very few experiences that we in, that we uh, and co and coincidences that we actually experience in everyday life are, are hinged on quantum mechanical, uh, single quantum mechanical events. There's certainly huge statistical numbers of quantum mechanical events, and we know pretty well how these things go. So I want to maybe go and look at other interpretations of quantum mechanics, if, if you'll indulge mm -hmm. me for a second, and, and how they interact. Like So the observer, the conscious observer collapsing the wave function is one interpretation of quantum mechanics. There's the Copenhagen interpretation that, you know, it's just probability and it's just random, which is probably the favored interpretation of most physicists and doesn't require a lot of thought and doesn't yield much to thought as well. Um, and then there's the many worlds theorem, for example, that posits mm. that we exist in a continuum of universes. And this universe that we're experiencing is just one of the many universes. And there's copies of us, identical copies of us, that every time we make a decision, go off and live their lives making the other decision. So in this case, manifestation just works for the lucky one of you in the lucky universe <laughs> and doesn't work at all for the uncounted other copies of you. Not necessarily, because then they can change it. But because you mentioned something there you, you uh, just before you got into that. It was 
one single moment. Manifestation doesn't happen in one single moment. It's not just one thought with one feeling, bam, I'm going to get what I desire. As we looked at earlier, the law of attraction, it's continuous. It's continuous thought with continuous feelings that, it's, that I know it's going to happen. It's, it's never been one moment that changes everything. It's constant little tiny changes in myself, in my situation, in the world around me. But I'm, I have at least some control over it based on how I think and feel about going forward. Mm. So on the pro side, Mm. the quantum observer effect, you you might want to look at some leading physicists still believe that quantum mechanics is linked to consciousness. And and Mm. Roger Penrose, Sir Roger Penrose is is the the example of this. Him him and Stuart Hameroff has come up with with a theory of consciousness, which is based on our brains having quantum mechanical collapse processes going on that create our consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's would be you wouldn't be booed out of a physics department for <laughs> saying that thoughts could impact uh, events, but I think on the level of multiple planned events that need to lead up to a particular conclusion that will change your life, that seems to have some sort of planning involved in it that physics can't account for at this point. Mm-hmm. But in terms of I get that. In terms of pro um, thinking, you know, this has been a common thought throughout history, and even the famous 17th century French mathematician René Descartes believed that a gambler's optimistic attitude can bias the outcome of a gambling game towards success. And in fact, you know, gamblers <laughs> believe this too, and this is why casinos make so much money. <laughs> but also, last night I was very positive about winning, and we eventually won. Mm, sure. <laughs> well, you did; I did not. <laughs> But maybe I wasn't in the proper emotional state. Uh, I, because you were skeptical. So, <laughs> on a physics basis, if consciousness were fooling with quantum experiments, such as for the iconic double slit experiment, for example, mm. and causing um, collapse of the wave function, you would expect then, you know, the, the double slit is where you have two slits and you fire a particle or a weight or a, a light or an electron through it, and it creates an interference pattern going through it. Uh, but if you were to observe which slit the electron goes through, you collapse the wave function and the interference pattern disappears. So if consciousness is collapsing wave functions, then you would expect that randomly the presence of researchers would cause the double slit interference pattern to disappear. And it, you don't see that, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, if you concentrate on your double slit and you're doing the experiment, it never disappears. You can't make that change. Now, many other proposals have been put forward to cause collapse, and, and I think from a science standpoint at least, decoherence of the, the quantum mechanical matrix of, of connections between a small system and the large universe is what's actually thought to be behind the collapse of the wave function. So if you're in a small box, you have fewer um, links and fewer entanglements, but eventually these entanglements spread out as light moves off into the universe at the speed of light. You start uh, interacting with many more different particles and the, the, the interaction becomes um, collapses into a certain one or the other choice. Uh, and there's, there's lots of interesting philosophy on this in physics. You know, you think, look up the Wigner's friend experiment, for example, which is, uh, you know, Wigner is, is doing the cat-in-the-box experiment, mm. but Wigner's friend is outside the room 
and doesn't know what Wigner has seen in the experiment. So to him, Wigner is now in a superposition with a <laughs> dead and alive cat. <laughs> it could also be dead or alive. So uh, well, let's not let's not do that. We just want cats to be dead and alive. Not yes. Experimenters, <laughs> not physicists, please. <laughs> so, but. Getting back to this, mm. researchers have tried to test this by having people concentrate on random number generators and try to change the results. And there's actually, if you go into the, the literature, there are claims of significant effects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, lots of different experiments have been tried, like on rolling dice or on true quantum mechanical random number generators. And as people have done more and more work, try to increase the statistical significance of it, Always the effect goes to zero. After a while. Yeah. Because our thoughts get in the way. And it's not just, I desire that outcome anymore. It's not just the purest, the pureness of the thought. It's, it's the, sorry to say, it's the skepticism of that. And eventually it will go to zero. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's crazy. But um, also there's experiments done. I can't, I don't know the name of it. But when you uh, give your emotion to a glass of water as it's freezing, it changes the, the patterns of the ice. If you look at it, it's, it's very cool. They also did a study, um, a bunch of people, uh, I think they were monks, to be honest, around just a glass of water, giving it negative thoughts for like, I don't know, seven or 12 hours or something. And the water actually turned murky. There's some really weird things that happen uh, with people's thoughts and emotions with plants. You can kill a plant just by giving it uh, awful, uh, yelling at it and screaming at it continuously. Um, and you can bring plants back to life by uh, loving them. It's, it's pretty fantastic. There is, there is evidence of this. I, I don't have the scientific proof for that, but I have read evidence of it. Yeah, this is the time where skepticism a skeptic would ask for references. <laughs> I'm not the scientist. <laughs> uh, However, um, I can find them on uh -huh, the interwebs. Uh -huh. And I'm sure they've been debunked. So, I mean, let's, let's talk about some, some other things. So, the emotional impact is also important, as you say. This, you know, this is your theory that emotions are very important. So, many of these... Um, original experiments of random number generator influences were criticized by believers in saying that there's not enough emotional content to the the wishes of the participants in the study. They don't care whether, you know, it's not important enough okay. for them for, to change their emotional state one way or another. So in, in, in 2018, researchers made up an experiment where they tried to induce positive emotional states in test subjects and then they presented them with a series of both positive and negative images that were mm -hmm. selected based on a quantum mechanically random process, not a not a pseudo-random process that you get in a random number generator from a computer, but an actual quantum mechanical process was used to, you know, assuming that perhaps these uh, emotional states can influence the collapse mm -hmm. of these quantum processes to show them more positive images. And again, this is, you know, the huge data study where they found that, you know, they strongly supported a null result. 
But then they went back and looked, and they said, okay, maybe in the first little bit there's an effect. So this wasn't their hypothesis. Their, fir- their hypothesis was not that the first little bit of the data would, would be good and then it would go to zero effect or you would lose more and eventually you'd end up at, at average. Mm. Um, but this was something that they brought up after the first experiment had failed. Okay. Uh, so, we, you know, in, in science we call that kind of data combing, where you, if you come up with a new result that you hadn't predicted, then... You know, you you can apply what's called Bayesian statistics and suggest that you know, yeah, sure. If you comb the data any number of ways, eventually you're going to find a chance effect that comes out. But sure. you know, what you need to do is start with a hypothesis, hypothesis, and test that hypothesis. And in a lot of cases, what happens is that if you get a null result, you don't publish it because it's not interesting. And mm-hmm. so then we have this selection effect in the literature where only people getting a random statistical impact are going to publish. So. This is why you have to be very careful even looking through the scientific literature because mm-hmm. the, the number of positive uh, papers out there doesn't balance with the number of negatives because it, you don't get uh, uh, money and funding if you publish negative results in a lot of cases. Okay, so for that particular example where they're you know, showing people positive things or negative things to try and affect the outcome, again, if, if the people are being paid or know that they're in this test and you know they're trying to make something come out if it doesn't actually matter to them it probably won't affect it all that much affect the results it really has to be uh it it, it has to have substance within us because that's what truly changes the emotion i can be happy and still attract uh, you know things I don't want. I can be sad and attract things that I do want. It's, it's not, it's, it's when I think about that thing, do I really feel positive about it all the time? Do I know that it's coming? Is it something that is going to make me really, really, really happy in the end? But if I just want to change a number, on a random number generator, or find one, that that I, I think that the experiment was not founded with the results of trying to prove the law of attraction. That's all. Hmm. I, the problem is that with all of these caveats, you really can't test it. It's uh, difficult. And so you presume that you have, you know, when you are successful, you have done it right, and when you're unsuccessful, you've done it wrong. Uh, People love to find reason in things. People love to find explanations for how random things, random bad things and random good things happen. Because this is how, you know, this is how we store memories, right? We store memories of significant events in our lives and all of the neutral events we kind of gloss over. We, we don't store them in our memory. Our brain stores things mm-hmm. that are significant emotionally to us. So if we're looking yes. back in our life, we remember the, the $110 jackpot we win. And we, we forget about losing you know $10, losing $20, stopping playing. The last time we went out, uh, you know, yeah. we think, I, I was perfectly in the emotional state and I picked the right button. And, you know, not realizing that these things are programmed, they're random, they're, you know, the the... Um, the house is winning, 
consistently over the long run, even though everyone who goes in there believes that if they push the right button, they're going to beat the system. So, you know, over, I, I can't see how you can, you know, there's always an excuse for why it doesn't work, right? But again, I'll go back to it's people go in there believing they're going to win is not the same as going in knowing I'm going to win. It's it's a, like just when you feel the word, when you say the words, just if you're at home listening, say it to yourself, something that you know. I know, blah, blah, blah. I know that there is a table in front of me here. Instead of, I believe that if I go to the casino, I'm going to win. It's a very different feeling in the body. It's a different sensation. And I believe that is the, the difference between manifesting and, you know, random things happening to us on a regular basis. And I think, you know, as... Now, th this manifestation thing is becoming very popular, I mm -hmm. think, in in coaching circles and, and it, through society in general. People are becoming aware of manifesting things. Mm -hmm. and more and more people are trying this. So I think if it's true, casinos are going to start losing money. I wish it was so easy, but how can you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to walk into a casino and win every time? How can you know it? This is why it doesn't work all that much. But if more people are aware of it, it should become more frequent. It could. <laughs> it could, but uh -huh. I kind of doubt it because we're all human and we're all we all have the emotions that get in the way we all have the thoughts that creep in the back of our heads we all have that skepticism to say this isn't going to work even if there was a, a definitive scientific book that came out and said manifestation is 100% true even if that came out and people read it and they practiced it they still wouldn't be able to do it consistently so what you're telling us is it's kind of a useless skill no. <laughs> no, if you can do it, it's so useful. <laughs> it's interesting because this has been around for a long time. And, you know, people have, you know, you even go, with, go to the Bible. The Bible, you know, I think Mark eleven twenty three and Mark eleven twenty four. they say, you know, if you believe in your heart what you say, it shall come to pass. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and those of us who aren't able to do it, we're just not good enough, right? We're not, we don't have the right belief system we're not believing hard enough um and that that actually is not the greatest message to be giving to people because sure it, it, you know some people are successful a small fraction and they feel mm -hmm. that it's because of something special in them the way that they can put their emotions in the right way and the people that don't end up being successful you know through no fault of their own potentially through luck of the draw or or bad luck or mm -hmm. or status or mm -hmm, hierarchies or, or anything like this, you know, and, and they're told that they're not doing it right. And I think that is actually a little bit harmful. There's no right or wrong way about manifestation. Like I said, we're always constantly manifesting and all the people that become successful have done is just continued on the path and, and known that it's going to come true for them. And yes, some people will become successful without 
this particular way of manifesting things and some people that uh, manifest their success will also you know lose it and and not be successful it doesn't this definitely does not mean anyone's doing anything right or anything wrong 100% no it's just that's what it's in this terminology that's what manifestation is end of story you can be you can absolutely become successful in a thousand different ways and just i mean to my mind, if you want to become successful, just don't give up. Keep trying. Make mistakes. Go again. You know, that's not a manifestation conversation. That's just a keep going at it because that's the way I did it and, and that's the only way I know how. That sounds good. So I think maybe we'll start to, to wrap this up. Uh, I really appreciate you for coming on and discussing your thoughts on manifestation. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. In my conclusion, I would say people are very good at picking up on body language, unspoken cues. I think in my interpretation, weak manifestation is a thing. It's a power of positive thinking and, you know, changing your emotional outlook to be more, to have more gratitude actually does improve your interactions with people. Why do people think this is working? What's really happening? You know, go back to my series of podcasts on bias. People don't understand probabilities. People don't remember what's happened to them properly. Their memories are, are, are changed by particularly significant events. And this is, you know, the gambler's fallacy. People keep going back to the slot machines because they believe they can beat the odds from whatever system that they have or whatever specialness that they have. Um, and the one thing we know for sure is that in the long run, they don't. And, and you know, you've said that as well, that... Mm -hmm. This is something that, that only works once in a while, but so, so is coincidence. And I, I, I find it difficult from a scientific sense to distinguish you know, some of these precepts from, from coincidence. But I think the good part about it is that you know, positive thinking is something that is helpful. And you know, we can change things by being positive. Absolutely. So, uh, I thank you for bringing your perspective on this issue. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope uh, I hope everybody feels a little more positive and uh, and and manifest something amazing in their lives. All right. Thank you, Kevin. If you'd like to follow up with more in-depth discussions, please come find us on Facebook at The Rational View and join our discussion group. If you like what you're hearing, please consider visiting my Patreon page at patron.podbean.com slash the rational view. Thanks for listening.